Hello everyone, welcome back to the Legends of Brittany. We are now on the Ballad of Bran. A sorrowful and touching ballad, claimed by Villemocu as being sung in the Breton dialect of Lyon, tells of the warrior Bran, who was wounded in the great fight of Curlouan, a village situated on the coast of Lyon in the 10th century. The coast was raided by the Norsemen, and the Bretons, led by their chief, even the great, marched against them and succeeded in repelling them. The Norsemen, however, carried off several prisoners, among them a warrior called Bran. Indeed, a village called Keveran, or a village of Bran, still exists near the seashore. And here it was, tradition relates, that the warrior was wounded and taken by the Scandinavian pirates. In the church of Gulven is to be seen the ancient tablet representing the Norse vessels which raided the coast. The ballad recounts how Bran, on finding himself on the enemy's ship, wept bitterly. On arriving in the land of the Norseman, he was imprisoned in a tower where he begged his gaolers to allow him to send a letter to his mother. Permission to do so was granted, and a messenger was found. The prisoner advised this man, for his better safety, to disguise himself in a habit of a beggar, and gave him his gold ring in order that his mother might know that the message came from her son in very truth. He added, When you arrive in my country, proceed at once to my mother, and if she is willing to ransom me, show a white sail on your return, but if she refuses, hoist a black sail. When the messenger arrived at the warrior's home in the country of Leon, the lady was at supper with her family, and the bards were present playing on their harps. Greeting, lady, said the messenger, behold the ring of your son, Bran, and here is news from him contained in this letter, which I pray you read quickly. The lady took the missive, and turning to the harpers, told them to cease playing. Having pursued the letter, she became extremely agitated, and rising with tears in her eyes, gave orders that her vessel should be equipped immediately, so she might sail to seek her son to the morrow. One morning Bran, the prisoner, called from his tower, Sentinel, Sentinel, tell me, do you see a sail on the sea? No, replied the Sentinel, I see nothing but the sea and sky. At midday, Bran repeated the question, but was told that nothing but the birds and the billows were in sight. When the shadows of the evening gathered, he asked once more, and the perfidious sentinel replied with a lie, Yes, Lord, there is a ship close by, and beaten by wind and sea. What colour of sail does it show us, Bran? Is black, or is it white? It is black, Lord, replied the sentinel, in the spirit of petty spite. When the unhappy warrior heard these words, he never spoke more. That night his mother arrived to the town, where he had been imprisoned. She asked of the people, why do the bells sound? Alas, lady, said an ancient man, a noble prisoner who lay in yonder tower died this night. With bent head the lady walked to the tower, her white hair falling upon her folded arms. When she arrived at its foot, she said to the guard, open the door quickly, I've come to see my son.
and when the great door was opened, she threw herself upon the corpse of Bran and breathed her very last. On the Battle of Caluan, there is an oak which overshadows a shore and which marks the place where the Norsemen fled before the face of the... of. And now it says, even the great. That's what it says in here. I think we know that that's not the true name, but it does say even. On this oak, whose leaves shine in the moon, the birds gather each night, the birds of the sea and the land, both of white and black feather. Among them was an old grey rook and a young crow. The birds sing such a beautiful song that the great sea keeps silence to hear it. All of them sing except the rook and the crow. Now the crow says, sing little birds, sing, sing, little birds of land, for when you die you at least end your days in Brittany. The crow is of course Bran in disguise, for the name Bran means crow in Breton tongue, and the rook is possibly his mother. In the most ancient Breton traditions the dead are represented as returning to earth in the form of birds. A number of incidents in this piece are parallel to the poem of Sir Tristram, who also introduces a messenger who disguises himself for the purpose of travelling more safely in a foreign country, a ring of gold which used to show the messenger's bona fides, a perfidious gowler, and the idea of the black or white sail. The original poem of Sir Tristram was probably composed about the 12th or 13th century, and it would seem that the above incidents, at least, have a Breton source behind them. A mother, however, has been substituted for a lover, and the ancient Breton dame takes the place of Sunday. There is, indeed, little difference between the passage, which relates the arrival of the mother in the Norseman's country, and that of Sunday in Brittany when the sails on her last voyage, with the intention of securing Tristram yonder, also asked the people of the place why the bells are ringing. One of the ancient inhabitants told her of the death of her lover, and like the Breton mother, she cast herself on the body of him, and she is lost. This passage says, Villa Marquis, with wonderful sang-froid, duly attests the prior claim of the Armorican peace, but even if he had been serious, he wrote without the possession of data for the precise fixing of the period in which the Breton ballad was composed, and in any case, his contention cannot assist the Breton argument for a Morrican priority in Arthurian literature, as borrowing in ballad and folktale is much more flagrant than he, writing as he did in 1867, could ever have guessed, more flagrant even than any adaptation for himself ever perpetrated. He had, however, an antiquarian note to the poem, which is of far greater interest and probably more value than his supposition. He alludes to the passage containing the ballad regarding the harpers, who represented as playing in the hall of Bran's mother while she sits at supper. The harp, he states, is no longer popular in Brittany, and he asks if there was always if this was always the case. Um, there can be very little doubt that in Brittany, as in other Celtic countries, for example, Wales, Ireland and Scotland, the harp was in ancient times one of the national instruments. It's strange that it should have been replaced in that country by the bagpipe, just as the Clare Shash or Highland Harp.
were replaced by the same instrument in the Highlands of Scotland. So originally, the what it's saying there is like originally the bagpipes would have been a harp of some sort. But it's telling of two stories, I'll explain it to you. It's the telling of two stories but from different times. That's the first story that I told you, Breton the Normans come and invade, they capture her son, the Gowler lies, tells the son a black sail is approaching, so he thinks his mother's not coming to save him, so he kills himself, obviously. His mother did come, but on upon seeing that she was too late and he was dead, she fell on his body and then she died too. However, later on, there is another story that is very, very similar to that, but it's not mother and son, it's lovers. So it's just showing you that there are two stories very, very much the same yet they were wrote at different periods and the second writing is a poem and he states that he did not take it from the Brit from the Brittany one so it's hard to tell but basically there are two different stories to that and both are very similar with the changing of the mother's son and obviously the two lovers the rest of it is very similar so who knows you know but it's a folktale nonetheless Thank you for listening and many blessings.